Welcome back to A Place to Ponder. We are on episode three already. I can't believe we have made it this far with me, Jodie Powell. And me, Jaden Harvey. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in and listening. Today, we're joined with such a special guest, Sophia Hadjapantali. Honestly, this conversation, by the end, nearly left me in tears. I have never spoken to someone so confident and just so graceful with their words. I just thought it was the most amazing conversation and I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. Sophia is such an angel and we spoke about such really, really interesting things and hopefully you guys take something away from this. But with no further ado, we'll jump straight into the episode. Enjoy! Hey everyone, welcome back. Today we're joined with such a special, special guest who we already mentioned in the intro. Sophia, how are you doing? Thank you for joining. I am so good. I'm so excited. I feel it's literally you sent me it today and my Instagram highlights definitely did not let me forget. It's been two years to the day since I met you. I think it was like at the House of Holland show, which was super cool. But yeah, no, I'm good. I heard this story for the first time today. So do you want to share it with everyone? It's a really fun story, I think, Jay. Sophia, tell from your perspective, because I remember it. Um, I was like so rushed off my feet because I was trying to sneak into the show. Babe, I could literally... So I wasn't paying attention too much, but... Trust me, I've been there. Okay, so basically like I kind of started out my career in New York in like the fashion scene. So I was like 17, 18, hanging outside uh, Pier 52, like Chelsea Studios and stuff, outside the shows. And they... They're even more exclusive yeah. in New York, trying to get people into the shows. And like, I remember hanging outside those shows with my friend Ryan and Teddy, who are now like really big in the industry and they work for like Supreme and Converse and stuff. And we would literally sneak into the shows pretending to be people's like agents, personal photographers, everything like that. So trust me, I've been there. And, <laughs> but, but I remember when we met, I'd, I, so I was going to the show with my ex-boyfriend at the time and we'd just gotten into this big argument, me and him. And I just remember <laughs> you and your oh seafoam green hair matching with the jumper. I was like, he is fabulous. Like everything about him totally changed my mood <laughs> around. And I was like, this is this is it. It reminded Aww. me just of like how I used to be when I was um I just guess just getting started in the industry and everything like that. And um, Yeah. Yeah, no, uh we've both come a long way, Aww. I think. <laughs> I know that is so so cute it literally was like as exactly what I was doing I was with (laughs) some people that I had met that day at London Fashion Week and they were like oh we're going to this show like we're gonna get a taxi do you want to jump in so I was like yeah like with these three strangers I had never met before I jumped in their car um we went to the show and I was pretending to pull up my ticket on the phone but I didn't have a ticket because I wasn't invited to the show so I was just pretending and then I saw you and I was like Oh my god, like I have to take a picture, like icon, like yeah. let's take a selfie. So I was Did like, you hey, get can in? You take a I don't remember. Did you end I up? I literally getting like into the ran show? behind you. Yeah, you went in and I was like, I just followed oh, behind you, like pretending yeah. I was with you. Yeah. That's so and good. Then okay, I 10 just like snuck in. That's how I that's how I got in. But Yay! yeah. Exactly two years ago today. Oh my god, so cute. It's such a happy ending to that story that you actually got into the show. Imagine if you didn't get in. I, I would have literally said to them, no, like he's coming into the show do you know how many people i've literally brought into shows and parties that like should not have been there Same. and i realized after the yeah. fact that no i realized <laughs> after the fact because my whole thing is like oh well like i can bring as many people as i want if i have my own ticket because that's kind of the mentality in new york but i guess london's different like everyone needs a ticket but i remember going to the love party and i brought like six people with me and I didn't realize how exclusive of this party was. Like, Kendall Jenner was there and, like, all of her crowd and everything. And I was yeah. just like, oh, like, I, I didn't actually realize, like, okay, well, next time I'm, like, not going to go to a party by myself. So, like, they should just assume that everyone's going to bring their friends. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, I agree. I feel like that's such a fun mentality. Like you say, you don't want to yeah. go to a party on your own. Who does that? You don't do that in yeah. normal life, do you? Right? I feel like you should just assume that someone's going to bring a friend and an agent for sure even if they don't have either which mostly me <laughs> yeah everyone's everyone's got like two extra secret spaces yeah definitely agreed and sometimes those shows are so empty and dead so like i never understand the exclusivity anyway yeah exactly and has your experience as a whole been positive at london fashion week or fashion weeks in general have you like do you find it enjoyable and is it a positive experience overall or is there some dramas that go on because 
Sophia's always busy, busy at Fashion Week. Every time I see you, every year, you're like busy, 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 like booked and busy every show, every designer, like all the time. Mm-hmm. So I would say, the I think anyone who's even listening to this and they want to like go to a fashion show or anything like that, don't waste your time with February Fashion Week. It's bullshit. It, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear it's bullshit. <laughs> um, it's literally not as fun as September, first off. Um, and I, I kind of think it's kind of an afterthought. I feel like the main one is definitely September. So I've obviously done all of the fashion weeks, but I kind of grew up going to New York Fashion Week um, and like that kind of crowd of people. And I find that it is just, um, I don't know how to describe it. I think that New York is cool because there's different people like outside the shows that are interesting. I find that London, I do like it because there's just so many more opportunities for people to go. Like there's the um, the student shows, there are little presentations. There are just so many opportunities for, if you're not like, you know, of the elite in fashion, you can still participate. But I, I don't think there's quite as much of that in New York. But I do think it's more fun in New York because if you're in the Lower East Side in New York that week, everyone there is for fashion week. So you see the coolest, quirkiest people like ever. And it's also the first week. So everyone's like brought their A game. I think London is fun because there's so many more things to do. But I think my favorite hands down is Paris. Just because I don't know what it is, but I find French people, they are obviously like so like outward with like how they feel. And I love that. And so if they see something that they like, or that's something that's different, they are obsessed with it. Like they are so open about how fabulous you are. And I find that that is just, I love that because I think sometimes people in Fashion Week, they try to act like they're just too cool for school. And like the coolest people in Paris are like the biggest fangirls sometimes. And I think that energy is my favorite. So I think the energy in Paris is my favorite for sure, definitely. It sounds like that even if you're not invited to a show or you're not there to be part of like the main event, it sounds like you almost have your own sort of fashion experience just looking at all the street style anyway. Like that's such a nice like inclusive part of it, I guess. For sure. My biggest I've never been to fashion week myself. (laughs) Oh my god, babe, my biggest tip. Do you know how I mean I kind of like everyone asked me how I started in fashion and to be honest I don't really know I think I just bled into fashion somehow <laughs> but I would say when I was like 17 16 um me and my friend Ryan and Teddy they'll like they'll vouch for me for this we knew how to make it in fashion and you didn't have to get invited to those shows you know what you have to do you have to wear your most obnoxious but fashion outfit and you need to hang around outside that show because you don't, it doesn't matter if you went to the show or not. If you're photographed, like by photographers, trust me, these photographers don't know who's actually invited or not. Half the people they take pictures of, they don't even know if they're anybody. They have no idea. They take pictures of like the bin men if they, they look cool. They have no idea. Yeah. And so <laughs> if you're take, you know, you could have your picture taken and then you could end up on like Phil O's Vogue street style for New York Fashion Week or London Fashion Week, or you could get reposted a ton. And designers see that you are outside their show and they're like, oh, well, we'll send them another invitation this year or something like that. Or if they don't know if you've been invited or not, they'll say, well, we need them next year to do this again. So I think that's my biggest tip. Like, yeah, you could be wearing like a a Gucci head to toe suit. But if no one knows that it's Gucci, they're probably not going to take a picture of you. So like, I think you just gotta, you gotta like own it. You gotta be your big, your most self. You know, if, even if your whole thing is wearing black, you've got to do black everything. Like you've yeah. got to put the pull, the full on raccoon eye and everything like that. That's my biggest tip, I guess. <laughs> the raccoon eye, I love that. It is, so there funny. is like this whole experience that just comes with Fashion Week, which is like so unmatched and like, you just don't feel it oh, unless yeah. it's Fashion Week. Like the last night of Fashion Week and everyone's out in the club and everyone's so yeah. tired. Like there is just like nothing else <laughs> like it. Like it's insane. Oh, yeah. I, Tell me about it. I agree with what you said as well about like February. Like February is definitely like not the most fun. Like I think a year ago was the last Fashion Week we was able to go to. And it was like not as yeah. good. Like it was raining. Like hardly anyone turned up like it was just not the fun experience like September is like where it's at yeah last September oh my god it was like my favorite fashion month I think I'd ever had 
but I would say this past um this past February I um I think so I started out with London and I I think it was the combination of the rain I think it was the combination of um it was the first time that I was seeing like so I don't know if like I I, I don't know a lot if a lot of people know this but um so my ex-boyfriend um his mom is on the British Fashion Council who I love and adore her she owns a magazine she's a creative director for for everyone from Cavalli to to Roland Murray to like literally everyone and so she's really big in fashion and my whole thing was uh, London Fashion Week. I kind of just want to avoid him and their whole team because I don't know. It was just like it was going to be the first time that I'd seen them. So I was like, oh, God, this is stressful. So London Fashion Week for me was just not it. But then I went to Paris and I swear I was living my best life. I got like a tattoo to like signify it. I got, I, I met Vivian Westwood. She told me I had a hot body. I was like <laughs> living and then COVID hit and my life was over. And then, you know, and then here we are. Just like disintegrated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally, I know how you feel. Um, I saw like, wait, so, like when you went to Paris, um, I feel like obviously there's like a there is definitely like a, a a big jump between like hanging outside the show like on the streets of New York to being like legitimately invited and like meeting and like being sent clothes by brands like do you remember if there was like a pivotal moment do you think it was like your agents like your following like at which point was you like fuck like now I have like a team of people running around I've got to like be ten, in 10 places at once like this isn't like fun and games anymore this is like work business like this is this is my time to shine so i obviously i want to be like honest i think that it's obviously you know i've had so many of those moments i've had times where i was definitely a bitch and i had a diva moment definitely towards my agents had a few of those um to different (laughs) agents and um i would say it's actually covid has has definitely humbled me and it's made me kind of remember those moments or try to remember those moments so I would say, um, obviously, I came into the London fashion scene um, when I was just graduated university and I'd met my now ex-boyfriend at the time, whose mom is in fashion and everything like that. And I'd already sort of, I've already put my feet in the fashion world at this point. Like I've been featured by Harper's Bazaar and different Vogues and all those sorts of things. But I think my biggest wow, I'm like really in this bitch moment was when I would say like, it wasn't this past November. It was the November before that. I went from Paris Fashion Week back to London. I had six hours to um, unpack and repack my suitcase because I had to go to New York for two days. And then from New York, I came back to London for two days. And then I went to Japan for a week and then from Japan I went to Milan and then from Milan it was Paris and then I came back here to Annapolis Maryland where my family is for Thanksgiving and then it was this was all in the span of a month and I was like wow like I'd always sort of heard about people like traveling and stuff like that for work like you know I kind of got it but then another I guess for me it was like wow like I'm definitely spending so much time on planes but um, yeah, I would say that was when I was like, you know, I'm like, this is it. This is, I guess this is what they're talking about. But um, no, I, obviously those moments are really cool. But I, when you get to meet cool people too, I think that's that's the, that's the biggest yeah. reward for sure. Yeah, for sure. It's amazing that you get to travel so much with your job. And I know that you mentioned that you are living, your family live in America. Um, and yeah. Jaden mentioned that you moved to London, if this is correct. Correct me if I'm wrong. How yeah, was it sure. moving to London no, right, away yeah. from your family so young? And how do you think that affected you yeah. as an individual? And also in relation to your career, how do you think that impacted you? Yeah, You know what? No one's ever asked me that question. And I love that. Thank you for asking me that. Yes. Because I think it is such a... <laughs> yes. It's literally... I mean, seriously, I, I always feel like I... I feel like I've beat like this drum so many times that I moved from the US by myself and you don't I just get enough think credit. like yeah people like so many models from a young age they move away from their families and it's so hard hustling to make your dreams happen already and imagine doing it 
by yourself. Like, you know, most people live by themselves or they have a roommate or something like that. But I, you know, I was, I, I can't, so I just gone through a breakup and my agents were like, listen, babe, like, you know, we've got to get you over here and you've got to start going and seeing clients and stuff like that. We have to get your book ready and everything. Cause I just signed to my agency premiere at the time, like probably a few months earlier. And, um, I was like, okay, and it's one thing to leave your family, and I think it's another thing to leave your family right as you got broken up with by the love of your life. Yeah. So I was just so upset, and then I came to London. Sorry, I'm not laughing at you, <laughs> but it is funny. <laughs> it is honestly so funny. I mean, I'm I not laughing like, at you, but it is like so. Babe, I was literally sitting on that British Airways flight, being like, my life is over. Like, it is over. I don't have a man. I don't have a man. I'm not happy. Like, I've got under eye circles. This is this is death. And then I just didn't, I didn't even realize that was like the start of it all. I'd made so many new friends. And it all started with like, you know, I had to get out of my comfort zone. There were nights where I was like, okay, well, I guess I have to stay out until 7 a.m. And that's something I never really did before. But, you know, it was something that I started doing. And I was like, wow, this is, I guess, what it's like to be an adult, like, in fashion. Wow, okay, this is what parties are like in this industry. But I do think, um, obviously, I'm really close with my family. And um, I think it's nice that they obviously want me to do well. Like, they're so invested in my dreams as I am. And I know a lot of people's families aren't. And I know how hard it can be to be almost going against a wave that's just pushing the opposite direction. I get that. I, I, I fully get And it's so much harder already. And not having that support makes it feel harder. But you have to take that jump because I swear you'll never know what could happen if you don't just literally, you know, take a chance. And that's what I did. And I made some amazing friends and now I'm here obviously with my family I was gonna come back to London um for the month or whatever just because I was only gonna be here for the holidays but now I'm like you know what let me just stay a little longer because I know once we're in out of the red with COVID I'm probably not gonna come here for a while because I'll be really busy so I think just you know cherishing time with people and definitely yeah Yeah. it's a lovely moment to be able to reconnect with your family and how yeah. old were you when you moved to London the first time? Okay, so obviously I'd been going back and forth to London because my mom is from London. But I was, I think I was 20 when I'd moved to London. Uh, yeah, I was 20. And then, um, but the whole year before and probably two years before, I was like going back and forth throughout the year while I was at university because I had a boyfriend and everything and we were like, dating or whatever I mean I still think it's too young to be that whatever and like going back and forth for a man's but honestly I was living my life I felt like such a grown-up but yeah no it it was it was everything but um yeah I don't I don't think it really matters uh what your age is but I do think you need to have like a good support system around you like I only knew my agents when I moved to London and they were like my parents at that point. I call my agent Lucy my momager because she's literally like the sort of person that'll say to me, "Hun, what is that? Who is that? I think it's time to go home now. Like you've got to get up early tomorrow, sort of thing." But it's yeah, it's kind of like your parent, them, your work parent, your literally agent is your, like guardian. <laughs> 100%. It feels like you kind of like even though you were really far away from home and you had like at least the experience of like traveling a lot like being back and forth, so you've got that experience and you always know you've got that support system, even though you are really far away, you know. At least your parents are there, only like a phone yeah. call away, like you've got your agents, like mm. agents do take on like such a big role actually, like I didn't realise it when I first started modelling, but like now, especially like with my agent, like we literally talk every single day, like sometimes I speak to my agent more than I speak to like my friends, like sometimes like if it's like a busy week at yeah. work, you know, they do take on such a parental role over you. Because, like, models start so young as well, like, 15, like, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. And also, it's such a a brutal industry. Um, And I guess another bit of advice is, you know, some agents, they're going to tell you what they, you know, they're going to tell you what you need to hear regardless. But if you're close with your agents, it won't be as hard to take it in a way so um obviously with me I'm short I'm five 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 six technically on my comp card but I'm five five um, 
everyone has an extra inch on their comp card, don't worry. Oh, trust me. And um, I used to always say to my agent, Lucy, I used to say, Lucy, why can't I do this runway? I really want to do this runway. I want to do this runway. I want to do this runway. Why aren't I being put for this? And she used to say to me, like, straight up, babe, you're just too short. Like, you know, I love you. You're amazing. You can do literally the world, whatever you set your mind to. But these casting directors are just not going to book you because you're too short. And you know what? It just, it didn't even phase me. I was like, okay, fine. But like, if someone else had said that to me, oh my God, I would have been the most dramatic Shakespearean damsel dying (laughs) because I would have been like, how dare you not accept me for who I am? And she just told me straight up. And you know, obviously the industry is becoming more inclusive, but she just told me the hard truth. And I just think it's important to have honest people around you, not people who are just going to tell you, yes, 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 because that won't get you anywhere. Sometimes you need to know the truth to know what you're fighting against in a way. And it's Um, nicer coming from your manager, someone that you know has you at their best interest rather than it coming from someone like a casting director who isn't really going to care about your feelings potentially and just be like, no, we don't want you. There's no explanation then. So I think it's important and lovely that your manager can be so honest with you (laughs) and um, that you can accept it in a way. Mm. And you want also, you got to be so nice to these casting directors. The biggest one, Samuel Ellis, I mean, he hates me, but like you, ha- that's like, that's an early lesson I had to learn in my, in my career very early on um, is honestly, I would even say like, you almost don't even need to like be nice to the designers. It's those casting directors. You've got to be nice to because yeah. they're the ones who are putting you in the show and the campaigns. Chances of the designer putting you in is very slim it's they hire casting directors to do all that for them and if the casting director blacklists you oh honey so you know you got to be nice what's the tea what happened okay so are you allowed I to talk did... about it <laughs> i don't want to get you in trouble oh, yeah. your agent calls really me care. up <laughs> oh no that no one cares i um i was i would say 19 and i just done rihanna's very first savage x fenty campaign in la um, she was launching the brand and she'd booked me and she'd hand booked five of us, me, my best friend, Maeva, this girl, Lulu, um, a Wang, who's like an amazing model and this girl, Beja. I feel like there was a few others, but I wasn't shooting with them. There was like, I guess they were on a different day and yeah. we were all flown out during the summer from wherever we were. I was in London with my ex and Maeva was like in Tokyo with her boyfriend. It was like random. And we'd all come to L.A. Yeah, it was cool. We were all in L.A. And we were all staying in this hotel. And sometimes you're put in different hotels, depending on whatever, as a model. But I guess they'd all put us in the same one. And we were, I was, as I was getting, like, food and stuff like that, just coming downstairs to the hotel, I was seeing different people who looked quite unique. They were, there was something funky about them. And for example, like a Wang had these really cool eyes and Maeva had all these freckles on her face. And then Lulu had like this porcelain skin with like these cool moles on them. So everyone was quite, had their thing going. And none of us knew that like there were other people shooting this campaign. And Maeva just came up to me and she was like, she's French. She was like, are you here for Rihanna? And I was like, yeah, are you? And she was like, she was like, yes, I am. And she was like, I think there's a few others, but I don't want to be rude and ask them just in case. And so we went around and asked everyone. And um, they were like, yes, yes, yes. We were so excited. We went to the shoot. It was great. Um, we met Rihanna, which was really cool. She wasn't as nice as we thought she'd be, but she was still a bad bitch. Um, <laughs> and then we get, um, yeah, she was cool. And then we get to, um, you know, everything was said and done. And I guess it was just, it was an experience that um, it was memorable. But at the time, I thought the point of contact would have been the casting director because he was the one who booked me. But it, it definitely wasn't. So all of my drama that I was dealing with, that whole shoot, like, I don't know where my car is, this and that. It was the casting director, Samuel Ellis, who literally has everything who was like emailing me and I could tell he was getting more and more frustrated. And then at the end of it, I was like, okay, thanks. And I think he just kind of was just like, oh God, what a naive amateur. Yeah. But I mean, I was young. I didn't really know too You were much, only like 19. Yeah, and You got to be like so professional. Yeah. It's a learning yeah. process. And I think maybe you learned the hard oh, way. Yeah. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah. It's still sure. a it's still a learning curve, I suppose. Casting directors are scary, scary, scary people as well because mm. you will walk into a room and they like will look at you from the from the top of your head to the bottom of your toe, like in extreme in this weird consumerism like eye as well that's like yeah. mm, is this person gonna sell the product and you can feel them like your their eyes are burning into your soul like when you walk into a casting room i agree but you know what sometimes it's it's you know we think casting directors are scary i mean most of the castings i go to i get directly booked i go straight to the designer yeah and um some of those designers are ruthless Oh, you do not want a designer deciding yes or no on you. You want those casting directors because they do have to have a sense of professionalism. But there's one designer, Pam Hogg, who I went to do a direct fitting for. Um, and she's like best friends with Vivian Westwood. So I was like, okay, Vivian Westwood is like an honest woman. Like if she doesn't like something, she has no time for it. She will let you know, which I love and appreciate. And so I was like, okay. So you were preparing yeah, for Yeah, I was like, if she's, friend, yeah, if she's friends with Vivian Westwood, I got to really be nice. And um, so when I got there, oof, oof, <laughs> she dragged me back and forth, honey. I got red to filth. <laughs> and um, it was the worst experience of my life. But again, I just, you got to take it all with a grain of salt. Like, they're looking at it like, if you're going to get the job done, I'm going to book you. And if you're not, I'm not going to waste my time. So that's kind of their mentality. But, you know, some of these designers are pretty ruthless, too. I got to tell you. But that that was definitely an experience for me. She was super cool. Like when you you're just look at her and she wasn't going to say anything. But as soon as she started talking, I was like, wow, you're kind of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care, do they? They don't have to care. Like they can just be they can just be like as reckless and yeah. as ruthless as they want. She literally did not care. Um, I wanted to talk about. A little bit. So we spoke about you moving away from home. For sure. But I want to talk about home, like especially yeah. now that you spent so much time. Um, for obvious mm-hmm. reasons, we will not talk about it too much because nobody wants to hear about it anymore. Yeah. But so you've been spending so much time <laughs> with your family home. Um, like what's like family home like for you? Because you do have such an interesting background. Like you are a Greek yeah. Cypriot, right? Or yeah. first generation Greek Cypriot, something like yeah. that. I can't remember the exact terminology. But like how yeah. like traditional and stuff is your home? Like what's it like? Do you think you're like a pretty normal yeah. American family? Your mum was lived yeah. in London. Oh, your nan lives in London, right? Yeah. Okay. So I um I'm a first generation Greek Cypriot American. I'm a very very proud Greek Cypriot. I, um, Greek is my first language. We speak Greek in my house and everything like that. My dad is Greek Cypriot, obviously from Cyprus. And my mom is Greek Cypriot, but she was born and raised in London. So I kind of have that too thing. Um, I also have an older brother. He's a year older than me. He's so funny. He's like the total opposite to me. Like we definitely bond over certain things, but he's like, I mean, he's super cool, but like he went to like Yale and he's at Harvard Law School and everything like that. He's, Didn't you like, take him to Paris Fashion Week last year? Yeah, he came to Paris with me, which was fun. Like, but I only, brought, I brought him to Paris for his birthday and he was like, oh my God, Zulia, like this is so cool. Like what? You get to stay in this hotel for free? And I was like, yeah, Adi. And like, it was just so, it was like such an interesting moment for me because I was just like so I guess my life isn't all too whatever but like yeah no it was great and um he definitely like he does like totally different things to me but he can definitely appreciate what I stand for and what I like and everything um but I I, yeah I grew up in Annapolis Maryland which is like a small town obviously I grew up though with like a very strong Greek culture literally can't get away from it so I would almost say that like I don't have too much of the American mentality, but yeah, I did grow up in a small town where a lot of people here, it's kind of sad, but like they're born here, they're raised here, and they're probably never going to leave here. But I always had dreams bigger Mm -hmm. than the town I grew up in. And um, it's nice being able to come back and forth because it's almost like it humbles me when I come back here because it's like, you know, it's a really cute preppy town. Everyone here is like established, but it almost feels like some people here, they, they don't even know what else is out there. And um, I obviously can take myself back to that moment because I had no idea what I was in for. And I think when you come from a small town, a lot of people can relate. It, it's kind of a nice feeling coming back because it reminds you that, you know, times like these where everything feels like it's standing still, you know, you still are not where you were. So you have made progress, even if it doesn't feel like it currently. Um, yeah. so it's nice it's good for my mental health definitely definitely I um 
I think you can find so much strength from your family. I also have Greek heritage on my dad's side. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. And my my great grandmother, she came over from Greece. She met my great granddad in the war. He was like an English soldier, and he, she came over like speaking oh, no so English. And I think a lot of like my strength comes from seeing her and her coming from from Greece, speaking no English, and yeah. then raising her six children in London. And I just 100%. think one hundred percent. I think through that you can really tell with you that you have sort of like a level of grit that has Strong come not just family. yeah through your family not just from your own experiences but also from yeah. your family yeah. coming from Greece or Cyprus or, yeah, yeah I mean you know you, you gotta do it I, I almost think like because I mean I know in, I'm obviously from Cyprus which Cyprus is a Greek country so I totally like I, I know I grew up in like um in an area where there's a lot of people from Greece here and I feel like although Cyprus is it's like a small little country I feel like people obviously from Greece as well can relate because, you know, there's different places like Ikaria, Mykonos, Santorini, like Gefalonia, all those sorts of little islands. And they feel like their own little nest, if it makes sense. So I feel like when you're doing these cool things, even if it's literally just like a feature in a magazine or I don't know, like when I did my interview with like Piers Morgan, like he's not <laughs> the coolest person ever, but I was like, wow, like. I'm kind of the first person from Cyprus to ever him to ever like interview. That's kind of cool. But like in my head, I don't realize those things, how I'm like tying everything back to my culture because I almost feel like um the my culture has really made me who I am and you know, obviously a lot of people like they wear their culture on their sleeve. They love they love who they are, where they come from and everything like that. And I swear I would not be the person that I am if I didn't have to experience my dad, you know, who bear, who he speaks English, but he's even after all these years, you can like he's got a very thick Greek accent. And, um, you know, a lot of people struggle to understand him and he's really educated and everything like that. But just dealing with people treating him differently because of his accent and everything it made me even fight harder for those people because it feels like they're still a part of me even though we're not the same in that way so yeah I, I mean I think it's important to do things for more than just you as well definitely I can relate to the accent thing oh my yeah. gosh my great-grandmother I just have to sometimes just sit and smile and nod and just hope for the best because it's so hard to understand her sometimes <laughs> oh my god that's so funny I love that. I like what you said. I like what you said, like, where you basically explained um, how even though you might not be able to personally directly relate to it yourself, you can still feel those things for your family. Like, you're still standing up yes. for those people and you still can... You can still relate to their experiences, like, for your parents and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like... 100%. A lot of people, like, especially for people like all of us, like, we were all born like you know in these countries where our parents had to move to like I have like Caribbean background so like my granddad cool. and his his family they like moved into the town where we live like my my hometown Ooh. and like even though like I never still experienced that I still like hear those stories and that motivation like still comes mm -hmm. down it like, through a family tree um yeah. which is really cool talking about your family tree we saw on Instagram um the picture of your grandparents which I thought was so so cool yeah. and so cute I was going to say they all had the same brows as you. Oh my God, right? Isn't that so funny? So many people online are like, oh, it's fake. She draws it in. She's a liar. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, for the, you know, I, I do kind of feel the need to defend myself because it's like, oh, you know, I can't just sit here and let people think something that's not true and then just continue this narrative that's not true. I can literally just chime in right now, defend myself, and then they can just all shut up. But then I just feel like, yeah. do I have to? Yeah. Um, and I just feel like when I posted that picture, so many people were like, they were just, their mouths were just shut because Silent. my whole career I have people, <laughs> my anything. whole career I've had people saying to me, she draws it in. This is just a basic white girl who wanted to look like everyone else and she's whatever. She, there's not, there's no story behind it. And I'm just like, regardless of what you think, it's not true. So, like, I'm, like, you know, I'm inspired by so many things, but, like, my grandparents, both both sets of them, they had a unibrow. So, like, no one can tell me that someone made me get a unibrow other than who actually did. And when I posted that picture, people were like, yeah. I really hope that this puts the, like, these 
um, accusations to rest that you just like draw your eyebrows on and stuff. And I'm like, you know, obviously when I'm, when I was younger, my eyebrows were lighter because your hair's light when you're young. And then as you get older, it gets darker. I tint my eyebrows now pitch black, but like, I still have a unibrow. Like it's not fake. It's, you know, it's more emphasized, but I emphasize it because I love it. And like, I don't feel like that should be a bad thing. I should feel like it should be even like a better thing that I'm like really wanting it to stand out. So, you know, embracing it it that much more that you're like taking it to the next level by 100% like really, really. Do you feel like um, sometimes your unibrow almost like is sort of like an elephant in the room? Do you kind of like wait for the question to come up? And do you sometimes find it frustrating that you can't almost separate yourself from it? Or do you feel like you're able to and yeah. people just kind of respect that it's a part I of you? I do think and move on that. Um, I think people online like to put, like they like to put people in a box almost. So like for me, um, you know, I've let, I, I just, I don't pluck my unibrow. That's just what I do. You know, I, I shave my legs and I shave my armpits, but the two are not connected to me. It's just like, for me, I just, again, I just like feeling like a dolphin no. on my legs and that's just my prerogative. And so like, <laughs> if someone, you know, if someone wasn't, if someone like, likes their legs to be fuzzy and cute, that's their thing. You know, I know people who don't shave their armpits, but pluck their eyebrows. I know people who don't even have eyebrows, but have leg hair. You know, I, I totally understand that. But my whole thing is like, I'm not here encouraging someone to let, like to be there, like to be natural. Because for me, natural is who I'm nat- what I'm naturally drawn to. Um, again, like I bleach my hair, I tint my eyebrows black, I've gotten lip injections in the past, you know, like, I, the, I, 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 again, like, I'm not sitting here telling anyone that they need to leave everything alone. I'm not doing that. My thing is, whatever that person decides to do, we as people need to accept that and not be so quick to judge because, you know, it's like a movement on preferences and things like that. You know, I have a unibrow and it's what I like and I'm not going to change it for whoever says anything. And I'm not going to leave my armpit hair because those same, they're the same people who love my unibrow are like, well, why, do you, why don't you leave your armpits? It's like, you know, I'm damned if I do, I damned if I don't. So what I do is just ride my own wave. Um, and if someone likes me, great. If someone's inspired by me, amazing. But if not, like, it's fine. But you don't have to, like, spew hate because you don't agree with their choices. I think that's, like, my biggest message for sure. Period. You said Period. that. <laughs> I feel like people online, they they are something else. They really do... I don't know, they just mm. do get involved in... There are some battles that are worth fighting. Like, when it surrounds things like mental health or body image i feel like some some battles are worth fighting like when people don't disclose photoshop or things like that and it can actually damage people but when it comes to something like a unibrow it's it's a sign of what you it's a sign of preference it's not you're not hurting anyone in your path or anything like that so it just feels strange that people feel like they would comment on it and if they met you in the street there is no way anyone would say anything Mm, they never would yeah i um yeah like also like recently i um it's kind of interesting so like obviously we're like in covid and um i i've gained quite a bit of weight and i kind of i guess realized like i gained a lot of it in my boobs and um i wore a push-up bra the other day on instagram and the and you know how i mean you could probably even go back through my instagram it's probably been two months since i posted a picture in underwear because of how uncomfortable I have felt in my body. And, um, you know, obviously we're all on our self-love journey. And, like, I had to do this post because I was working with a brand. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And um, I posted this picture. And I, the sheer amount of hate and plastic surgery accusations and everything like that that I got, because I I gained weight in my breasts. I mean, I gain weight everywhere, but predominantly it's like in my thighs and like my breasts and my arms. Um, the accusations that I got were like horrible, like horrible. And um, again, regardless of if someone decides to get plastic surgery or not, it's like literally not their business. And, like, the fact that I, I, I'd, like, sort of, and this was on Valentine's Day, I'd sort of allowed myself the opportunity 
to practice self-love for once because usually I, I'm the one telling people about self-love but I was like you know what I'm gonna allow you to not feel the need to defend yourself this time because I um I always yeah. feel that I need to clear my name I need to do this and that but I tried to do that someone said are they natural and I was like oh god like you know it's just a, I was like it's someone commented about saying that um, they were like, she would never get plastic surgery. And so I was like, yeah, it's just, I was like, it's just a great bra or whatever. Cause I was trying to hype up the brand. And then I was like, you know what? I need to just literally not even feel the need to do this. So I deleted the comment. And then all of these people were like, I just don't really, I just feel like I can't really relate to you anymore because you've gotten all these things done. And it's like, oh God, if you only knew actually why, I, you know, my boobs were bigger. It's because I, you know, it's anxiety and stuff like that. And, you know, people suffer from eating disorders. And I just feel like it's just not okay to feel like you can just so freely comment on someone's body like that. Trust me, I get my lips done. If I'm going to get my tits done, I will tell the internet 100%. But, like, I didn't. And it was like, I, I just felt almost upset the amount of people who switched on me so quickly because of something it's frustrating yeah I it was like wow so I can change one thing or I can leave one thing about myself but as soon as it's something that you don't agree with you completely don't want anything to do with me and it's like that wasn't even the case but it was crazy to see those reactions for sure it's so dramatic isn't it like people make these like huge like claims and accusations and then they make up um, they make up their minds so quickly just from looking at one like I saw the post and like you look amazing obviously you look incredible I saw the post and um I can I can imagine like what people say yeah my agent I even asked her I was like Lucy does something look weird about like about this because basically I'm just gonna put the company on blast they sent I asked for a certain size on top and they didn't send me that size so I guess you kind of have to get used to that in fashion you're not always gonna get your size you're gonna get the size that they're gonna give you Um, and I, you know, it was too small for me. It was really small. And I remember saying to them, you know, I'm not going to retake this picture because it was a really horrible experience taking it because it was so small. I wish you'd just listen to my measurements. And like, again, I'm a quite a petite person. Um, and I was like, this is just so annoying. And I took the picture. I sent it to my agent and I said, Lucy, does this just look crazy? And she was like, yeah, I've literally never seen your boobs look like that, hun. Like, Oh my God. And I was like, yeah, but like, I just don't want to try and retake this picture because this underwear is so uncomfortable. Like this is just a horrible experience. And she was like, I would just say post it and just hope for the best. So I did. And like, maybe I shouldn't have, but it was just, you know, it was an interesting situation. And again, like, I feel like if I'd explained this to my followers, their whole whatever would have been changed. But I think, again, a big thing of self-love is protecting yourself, but not always feeling like you need to defend yourself. You can just do what you want. I think that's a big yeah, thing. Yeah, and you look beautiful in that photo. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I felt Absolutely. beautiful, considering I was getting cut into everywhere. But <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it must like, have been quite you know. painful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, trust me, BTS of Instagram posts, honey, they're not all that glamorous. <laughs> how how do you deal with... with um? criticism and backlash like do you have a mechanism is it kind of just to ignore everything or is it like how do you stay sane because I can imagine this kind of conversation and hearing constant like negativity it it just can be so damaging and you seem like a strong person but obviously it's going to get to anyone so how how do you deal with that um so I'm gonna talk from literally how I'm currently feeling because it has given me so I've always suffered from anxiety. I think it's just a thing that I just have as like, um, because it comes with um, ADHD and I've had ADHD, very severe ADHD actually. Like I've literally been medicated since I was like a really little girl, like 10 or 11. Hmm. Um, And it comes with anxieties and things like that because my mind can't sit still. And I, I think that this may be actually the first time that, I'm feeling anxious because the internet is, t- is like almost not accepting me. And again, I'm like the sort of person who I could, again, could literally care less if someone doesn't like something. If I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, oof, 
this is hot. Like, you look fucking good. You're posting that. Regardless if someone says, no, you're not posting that, or please cover up, or don't wear that shirt. It's offensive, or something like that, right? And I'm just so... I almost think I'm a little stubborn like that, but... So, I do feel like I need to almost reiterate the fact that, like, whether someone accepts me, supports me, encourages me, or discourages me, I... I literally owe nothing to anyone but myself. Um, Definitely. And so I feel like with so many more people that look up to me, with the most recent posts that I put up, I almost in a way feel like they've, they've at least said to me that they're, you know, I've let them down or something like that. And it kind of does cause anxiety because it's like, people are almost misconstruing my message. Self-acceptance isn't being who you are naturally born as. It's being who you see yourself as, your ideal person. Um, And so if it means that I, it it does actually also upset me in a way. It's like, do I have to lose weight to prove these people wrong that I didn't get anything done to my boobs or something like that? Um, But then it's like, I don't have to do things like that because I liked the picture and I posted it and because I liked it, I posted it. And that's, if I, if I was posting for everyone else, I wouldn't have done it. Um, but yeah, so it definitely that's does literally come it. with some, That's literally it, isn't yeah, it? It's like, you like it, you felt good, this is why you're posting it. Nobody yeah, else's period. opinion yeah. matters, like, at all. End like, you don't owe yeah. anyone anything, like, it's nobody else's yeah. business. They just follow you on Instagram, they don't know who you are. Yeah. Um, and as well, like, I also feel like, um, in a way I, um, I'm, I, I think I said this once, but I'd never, I think my look has sort of, for the most part, not really my hair has remained consistent my entire career. Um, I don't think I've ever done anything like super drastic to myself. Um, like my weight's always been the same. Um, my hair length and stuff like that's usually been the same, um, I don't like have a bunch of tattoos now that I didn't have before sort of thing. And so I think when someone, and I think a big thing is my weight. So like, I think when someone sees that I've gained weight, um, they think that I've changed something like artificially because I'm not vocally talking about it. Um, And again, like if it's not your body, it's not your business. So I'm not, I haven't talked about it. So I didn't feel like I needed to explain anything. And, um, yeah, I think that's just, like, my... I think it maybe came as, like, a lot of people were like, oh, my God, she's definitely morphing into everyone else. No, I'm still Sophia, regardless of what I look like on the outside, still here, still kicking, still feel the exact same way I did before. So I think we need to give some people credit. Like, if they change the way they look with growth as humans, naturally we do that, um, you should just like not question it because you don't know the story as to why maybe they're changing or the reasons they decided to or something yeah i'd be interested to know what your um opinion is on the i don't know if you've seen the whole kendall jenner thing going around at the moment because personally i'm i'm very torn she obviously did a campaign for skims they all look insane the kardashians always do Mm. and there's a lot of posts being made about the fact that her body has been altered it's not it doesn't naturally look that way and I'm kind of in two minds because I can understand that on one hand photoshop can be very damaging because people can compare themselves to an unrealistic image Mm -hmm. but then also on the other hand I'm conflicted because I'm seeing all these people making diagrams of every little inch of her body that couldn't possibly be real and I sort of think this is also a human being at the end of it and she she will have her own insecurities like I, I just want I'd be really interested to know where you stand on some on a situation like that I don't know if you're happy yeah. to comment on it or anything for sure like that, so um I met Kendall three years ago no two years ago at the Victoria's Secret show in New York um it was backstage and we had like a conversation for like an hour um and the reason that we had we had such a long conversation was when I walked backstage with my ex, whose mom at the time was the creative director for Victoria's Secret, the fashion show. So she, he grew up with all of the Victoria's Secret models. It's like he's, he had like a Valentine sent to him when he was like six from like uh, Candace Swample. Anyway, um, <laughs> and I, um, so when we went backstage, we saw all of the girls and everything and they were all just hanging out, having coffee and whatever, eating and stuff. 
And I looked over and there was a round table because there was a few of them and it was in the corner and she was sitting there by herself with her legs crossed, just looking around at everyone, doing this with her thumbs um, and just looking at everyone. And like for me as someone who has anxiety, I can tell someone who's anxious from a mile away. Um, And it made me feel uncomfortable because I, this was the first time I'd ever seen her. And I was like, why is Kendall Jenner like look nervous? Like what? Like no one was sitting with her. She was by herself. This doesn't add up. Yeah. And so I went over to her and I was like, I'm just going to be annoying. Like, I know I probably shouldn't, but I'm totally going to fangirl. I think you're beautiful. And she was so like eager she was like oh my god like thank you thank you so much what's your name like sit like are you free like do you have to go and do something like I love your pants like she was so like ready to have a conversation with someone like she was like she was waiting for someone to talk to her or something right um because obviously when you come from a family I think that has so much like drama surrounding them I think it can cause a lot for your mental health and I can vouch that like her body looks the same in person as it does on the pictures Again, I don't know if she's doing anything like, you know, between the getting anything done or whatever like that. But like, again, I don't think that like her body now looks any different to how it did when I saw it in person. And like, I'm pretty big at clocking things. Like, um, I can also say that like Bella Hadid looks different for sure than she did two years ago, whatever. But if I were to tell you, Bella Hadid, I've, like, met her so many times. Like, she's so, so kind. She has so much time for you. Um, And she's the sort of person that um, she'll hold the door open for multiple people. And let's say she's about to let it go and she sees someone coming, she'll grab it again and hold it and, like, make sure they come through. And, like, she doesn't expect anything from anyone. I just think that she's a very kind person, okay? But then there's also the flip side that I've met a lot of body body positive people online and from photo shoots. They are horrible people on the inside. Just from my yeah. experience, they don't have the best energy. They're very highly critical of other people. And I almost think, why don't you just let that person do what they think makes them feel confident? Because the energy that they're putting out is inspiring and encouraging. It doesn't matter if you're you know yourself on the outside if you're not being someone that you'd be proud of on the inside I just feel like there's almost not a point um and I do think that like self-love self-acceptance you know self-preservation it's also an internal thing as well I hate these blogs that try and nitpick things like they do that to me too they're like oh my god she looks so different today than like six years ago and it's like yeah six years ago honey i didn't know about angles obviously didn't know about juvederm hello (laughs) i have to say it's like by the end of it because i at first i was like oh no blah 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 but then by the end of it i was literally just thinking like all these body positivity or alleged body positivity accounts you're literally shaming someone like just because she's not um just because she's skinny basically and skinny is like you can be shamed just as much for being skinny as you can for being overweight and neither is the enemy and I feel like almost in being inclusive it it can then uh, like alienate the people that you're trying to do do you know I I can't even get it out in my words I totally get you 100% like um some people have this whole thing where I mean I personally call it like there's this I'd say there's, like, a group of people on the internet that are probably, like, at the forefront of body-positive movement where, you know, they, um, they're their unapologetic selves in terms of their size and what they choose to post, and I think that's great. Um, but they can be so ruthless if they see something that they don't agree with. It almost feels like they're kind of being trolls in a way. And I, I just, like, for me, um, you know, I... I'm not going to sit here and say that I agree with everything that Bella Hadid does. Or I'm not going to sit here and say that I agree that Kendall Jenner is seen as the natural sister. Because I think they've all had things done, obviously. But what I'm not going to do is sit here and feel like they're beneath me because of the decisions they decide to do for their own selves. Um, You know, you're allowed to still stand for things. Um, 
while you're on your journey of figuring yourself out because obviously Kendall Jenner, obviously Bella Deed, obviously anyone who decides to do anything, um, it takes them time to love that thing that they maybe choose to change. And in that moment when they're deciding to change it, they clearly don't love it or they're not willing to accept it. And that's okay. But it doesn't mean we need to look at them like fakes or frauds or bad people. Because I can tell you firsthand they're good people through and through, at least from what I'd experienced. And it's been like multiple interactions with them. Exactly. I think like people, like when somebody has like a following, especially, it's like they're automatically, they have no opinion about their self. Yeah. Like they're not allowed to not like something and they're not allowed to want to change something. Oh, yeah. And like, it's, I thought this whole like thing that was going around was so weird. Like, I, like, like you're telling me that she, that she can't look like that. Like yeah. why not? Like there is there's probably like a hundred people that look identical to her, like on this planet, like in her body. Yeah. Like I didn't even think twice. Yeah. yeah. Why would I like like people are obviously slim. People are obviously like they look like that. Like how could you say that that's yeah. completely unnatural? Because somebody will relate to it. Yeah. And like again, I just I also feel like, uh, like you know. Again, as someone who is so encouraging of people discovering their ideal self, because I think we're all on a journey. It's never something that just happens for anyone. You know, I'm like, I feel like I just let, I just, I just look at people and regardless of what they decide, even if they're completely filled to the brim with as much Juvederm or Botox as they can get, (laughs) if that's literally what, if that is literally what they want and they say, I feel like such a bad bitch like by all means I will 100% be here in your corner supporting what you're doing and you know why because this I have the same energy for people who decide to just do exactly what God want or whoever they believe in decided for them let, let themselves age gracefully or let themselves age plastically. Whatever they want to do, that's like their choice. And the fact that they're able to make that choice for themselves is like the whole premise of like what I stand for. I, um, I'm not, you know, the reason that I find that a lot of people look up to me for um, encouragement, it's not really just the way I look. It's the fact that like I've put my foot down and I've said, I could literally have the entire internet telling me that my eyebrows are ugly or that I look hotter a certain other way, but I have not changed because I love them that much. Like, I just feel like you don't have to do what others are telling you to. And that that goes for like adding things or getting rid of things or whatever, for sure. Yeah, I think that's such a beautiful message. I honestly feel enlightened. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like it's had therapy. I think that's such Hell an amazing yeah. way to round this up as well. Yay. Oh, yeah. I, I genuinely feel so a bit fun. emotional. <laughs> really? Oh, well, stop. just because, like, I don't know. As a girl, you just you're always. Str- I mean, sorry, men do as well. I don't want to say, it, but I, I'm a female. I can speak <laughs> as myself. And I feel like I, the media I direct. I feel like the media definitely pinpoints women just a little harder than men. Yeah, but I do feel like yeah, they both I would agree it, as well sure. as a man. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like you're just constantly like. I'm always looking in the mirror and thinking, what would I want to change if I had the opportunity? Or like, what don't I like about myself today? Or run that extra kilometre so that you can burn more calories. Like, it's a constant, like, mental head fuck, basically. Mm -hmm. And to hear someone like you say those things, I just think, I don't know, it just really, I don't know, it hit a nerve. (laughs) It really did. I I just think you need to always remember that um, when you go to, like, an art museum... It's not necessarily that picture of the rose that looks exactly like a rose that we remember when we leave. It's that picture that we feel like almost doesn't belong there. Why is this piece in this museum? Like, I could have done that sort of thing. Those are the pieces that we remember. Not because they're technically the most um, beautiful or aesthetically pleasing or anything. It's just because they stood out. They were different. They felt like they didn't belong. And we remember them. And I think you need to remember that um, in life, obviously, you know, you're going to meet so many people. But so eventually, you know, if we all um, start doing the same things, we all do sort of end up morphing into a similar version of each other. And I, I mean, I'll say it 
till the day I die, even having done, you know, what I have to my face, which isn't obviously that much, but you know, I do have to see, have to be honest. I feel like, um, when people, as soon as they touch their face, they do regret it. I can say that firsthand, um, because we appreciate what we were more, but in that moment we look at it and we're like, ah, I want change. I need something fresh. And that's obviously what I did. But I do think you need to be able to just take a moment and appreciate yourself now because you won't look like this forever. And, you know, we're in our primes, honey. We need to, like, really live yeah, it up. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Sophia, you have been absolutely amazing. And we appreciate you so much for thank coming you. on and giving us your wise words and talking about your experiences. Oh my God, thank you guys for having me. This has been so fun, seriously. Yeah, we'll include all your social links and everything um, in our bio and on our Instagram. Um, but thank you so, oh, so, so much. This is so thank sweet. you. Thank you guys so much. Seriously, this has been amazing. No, honestly, you've been amazing. I feel like you've brought so much value to our listeners' lives. I, I can't wait to release the episode um, and for everyone to hear it. I think it's going to be great. Oh my God, I'm literally so excited. Also, when you guys, uh, well, I guess when I'm back in London or when it's safe, whenever that will be, hopefully soon, we all have to get definitely. together for sure. And I'll yeah. definitely sneak you guys into Please. some shows. I want to I wanna yeah, have my, sure. fa- I want to lose my virginity. <laughs> if I'm never invited back. <laughs> lose my fashion week virginity. <laughs> 100%. Yes, we live for that. Everything. Trust me, me and Sophia are like the two of the best people to go to Fashion Week with, that's for sure. <laughs> Do you know how we get photographed so much outside the shows? I remember I was outside that, was it Mark Fast, I think, or something? Um, and you were yeah. hanging out like with me and we were getting photographed a lot. And I was like, yes, Jaden, you better work. <laughs> this is everything. 